You're listening to Voices of IFIS, where we speak with people from around the IFIS Fellowship about all things student ministry. Hello and welcome to Voices of IFIS. I'm Maeva and today I'm joined in real life with Monty. <laughs> Hi, Monty. Hi, Maeva. It's uh, quite surreal being able to do a real life interview, isn't it? Yeah, I'm like, whoa, this is all real because usually it's through Zoom. So you get used to like the Zoom voice, but now it's like real voice. And I can see actually a real person in front yeah. of me. Here I am in my tie-dye t-shirt and holiday <laughs> shorts, you see, I'm on holiday, but it's worked out okay. Yeah, so what are you doing um, in Oxford? Yeah, it's a ho- it's a holiday, and oh, uh, nice. because nobody's traveling much abroad, we get a chance, We'll let's do England. And so we're passing through Oxford, and of course I had to pop in and see you guys in the office. Thank you for all you do to make my job easier during the year. Oh, that's very cool. Um, so for me, it's the first time meeting Monty, and I have loads of questions, and I wonder who he is. So can you introduce yourself, please? Sure. Uh, my name's David Montgomery, but everyone since high school has referred to me as Monty. My wife, Gwen, calls me Monty, and that's what stuck and uh, what I'm comfortable with. So I was a pastor for about 17 years uh, back in Ireland in the Presbyterian Church, uh, and After doing some study on uh, church planting and doing my doctorate on that, I was looking for ways in which I could put some of that uh, into practice. And there were limited opportunities in church work, but I started to get much more interested again back in student work. I had been president of my student group as as an undergraduate in Scotland. Uh, And after that, I had regularly spoken at the UCCF and Christian Unions Mm -hmm. Ireland uh, events and was continuing my interest in, in student ministry. And it just felt the right time for, maybe for me to transition out of pastoral ministry, which, which I do miss uh, to some extent, but looking for new opportunities. And there, there was an opportunity to lead the Irish student movement, Christian Unions Ireland. So I did that for five years uh, and then transitioned again into my current role with, with IFES. Uh, my wife and I have always had an interest in the global church and I've always had an interest in student ministry uh, as a pastor and as a preacher and teacher, Bible teacher. I, I find that in, with, with student work, I still get a chance to do all of that pastoral work, Bible teaching, pioneering, uh, planting, um, encouraging. So in some respects, I think I found my sweet spot uh, being involved again with student leaders and staff. Cool. So thanks. And can you tell me what's your role within IFES Europe then? Yeah, I, I'm part of the IFES Europe uh, regional team. Uh, and my specific responsibilities are uh, overseeing our pioneering work. Uh, so I'm really an associate for pioneering and teaching. It gives me a chance also to develop some Bible teaching ministry. Okay. But mainly with the uh, pioneering, and I also direct the, the FOYER network. Uh, FOYER is the German word for fire, F-E-U-E-R, which stands in our case for the Fellowship of the Evangelists of Universities in Europe. Uh, and that's a network we might talk about in a minute. But it's also linked in with pioneering because very often how you get a student group up and started is through some evangelistic and uh, missional work. Uh, and FOIR aims to uh, facilitate and equip people to do that. So my role is largely with pioneering, um, but uh, I also oversee the staff that look after our international student ministry, 
and our interaction ministry, which is our short-term volunteers. Okay. So um, what does it mean to be a pioneer and even more in Europe? Mm -hmm. Yes, I suppose we, we tend to think of pioneering as being something maybe in, in those parts of the world where there isn't yet an IFES movement and, and in other regions. Uh, there are four or five places in Europe that have universities where we don't yet have an affiliated movement, mm -hmm. but we do have some sort of work. So I look after those uh, countries that don't yet have an affiliated movement. So that would be Cyprus, uh, Luxembourg. Uh, Greenland, Malta and Kosovo are the, are the places at the moment and, and uh, that differs greatly in terms of what contacts we have there uh, to, you know, somewhere like Cyprus where there is an ongoing uh, work that has been established for maybe a decade or so um, but uh, hasn't yet been affiliated to IFES but that's one place where we hope that would happen soon. Okay. Uh, but it's not just new countries. Um, pioneering also involves starting new groups wherever you are. Uh, there's very few of our national movements that have uh, Christian union or student groups in every university in the country. Uh, and I think one of the problems is that very often national movements are so caught up with maintaining and facilitating and resourcing what they already have um, that they don't think they could ever pioneer somewhere else. You know, why do something new when we're struggling with the groups that we already have? Now, when I was doing my research into church planting, uh, what I found was that actually planting new churches in that context was an amazing uh, impetus for rejuvenation of the churches that already existed, that, that, that lively, thriving churches planted new churches. And similarly, I would say that lively, thriving student movements will plant new groups throughout their country. Um, and that if you wait until you think you have the resources, you will never do it. Every group that has been pioneered, every country that has been pioneered in the history of IFES has been done by people who were told, oh, we have enough going on already. You know, why not resource what we already have? but they had the vision to go and do something new and something different. And that in turn then revitalized, revitalized what already existed. So it's about starting new groups and it's about seeing God work in new ways and in exciting ways, um, not just in new countries where we don't have a movement, but in established places, you know, places like, you know, Sweden or Italy or France or Spain that have been going for years, but, perhaps can be revitalized through a pioneering vision. Wow. How does it work um, for concretely pioneering in Europe? Yeah, well, it really starts, I guess, with somebody who has a vision. Uh, perhaps, for example, uh, you know, somebody from their family goes to a university and they find that there's no student group there. Somebody from their church goes to a university and they realize there's no student movement there. What are you going to do about that? Uh, and uh, then finding a, st a staff worker in a nearby town or city and saying, listen, in addition to your university, would you look at trying to make contacts with the university in the next town or, you know, maybe an hour away uh, and seeing if you can find some Christians there who would be interested in starting a group? Uh, uh, and I can think of one situation in, 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 a, in one of our movements where there was one student who 
was surprised there was no student group in her in her university and got in touch with the national movement. Uh, and they said, okay, they brought a staff worker there to talk to them and they organized simply one lunchtime event. And they put posters up and said, anybody interested in finding out where is God at a time of uncertainty or economic uncertainty or whatever. Uh, and suddenly they had about 40 people came to hear this talk. Now, some of them were already Christians, but they never knew that there was a Christian group or other Christians in the university. A lot were just asking questions, atheists, agnostics. But it allowed them to get the little genesis of a group there to, to, to form. So it can be very simple. It's not rocket science. You can just organize an event. Sometimes it helps to have um, a team, a small team from a nearby city or a nearby uh, uh, campus to go and help. And when we're talking about uh, helping in certain countries, um, it often helps perhaps if a neighboring country can have a vision. For example, our group in Montenegro was largely given uh, a big boost primarily from the, the brothers and sisters in Serbia, but also there was a link with Denmark. Uh, somebody there had a connection and they sent a team to help with the summer camps. Um, and there's been those links between movements, stronger movements, helping weaker movements, and helping them to get established. So uh, on a local level, it's so about somebody having the vision and then realizing, well, let's just do something. Uh, and once you get that small group of people, even if they're just meeting together to pray and to study God's word together, I think the crucial thing is that from the very start, they have uh, an evangelistic vision to say, right, well, this is good. Here we are on this campus. We're meeting, we're praying. But this isn't just got to be a bubble of support for us in the midst of the big bad world. We've got to reach, nobody else is going to reach this campus if, 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 if we don't as the fellow students. So uh, then being able to help them say, well, if you put on an event, we will resource that with maybe a, a speaker or, uh, you know, some other practical resources that you might need or we'll pay for a room or something like that for you to meet in. And, and encouraging them always to look out uh, look outwards and to uh, see how they can reach their fellow students. Wow, that's awesome. And can you tell me a little bit about uh, fear? Fear? Fear, yeah. <laughs> well, again, this was uh, this is what happened because I think maybe if you look about back 15, 20 years, uh, I think a lot of movements in Europe had, it's probably not too strong to say they had lost confidence that they had anything to say, the gospel had anything to say to the university. And so a lot of the movements were maybe concentrating on small group Bible studies, you know, helping the Christians through the university time, rather than reaching out and saying, no, we have something to say in the marketplace of the university. And so largely through uh, the vision of two or three key people within the European uh, region at the time, they, they formed this, fellow, the, this network. And the idea was to train up young student leader evangelists and also maybe young pastors and others who were alumni, graduates, uh, to say you can contribute by using your skills, teaching skills, back in the university context. I think certainly when I was, a, when I was in charge of the national movement in Ireland, I found that the speakers who came to our events were either they were really good at connecting with the student age group and they could use their right stories and everything, but they were very weak on the Bible teaching explanation of the gospel. 
or else you've got people in, usually pastors, who really understood the Bible context and the gospel, but they had no connection with the, the world that the students were living in. And so we wanted to raise up evangelists that were both culturally connected with the, the student world, but also strong on what the gospel was and what the gospel demanded. Uh, and so every year, it started off as a small conference, every year um, people from about 40 countries would have come together and they would have practiced their evangelistic talks in front of one another and had feedback to see you know, how could that be improved, how could you use that in the next year back in your country. And they would listen to some of the uh, best and most experienced student evangelists from around Europe and sit and talk to them and would have time with apologists such as you know, Oz Guinness, Michael Green, people like that over the years, um, who could, uh, John Lennox has been a, a key figure in recent years, who can really talk about how we can, can communicate the gospel and, and Christian truth in the university context, including to academics. Um, so uh, every year we run that conference and we try to make sure that every movement within our region, within Europe, um, has some element of proclamation evangelism as part of their strategy. Proclamation evangelism and mission weeks and event weeks are not the only way of doing it. Um, they, they'll have to be culturally contextualized. But I think it's true to say that every student movement that has thrived has been strong in the three areas of personal evangelism, uh, small group evangelism, and public proclamation. And we're trying to keep those three angles working in our in our universities uh, in, in our region. Wow, and can you see the fruits from those events? Absolutely. Um, I mean, I, I conducted a, a mission in Croatia a number of years ago, and uh, one of the helpers there uh, at that mission um, had been uh, had been had just come to faith very very recently uh, through through events like that, and then went on to serve as a staff member. Um, every year at the Foyer Network, we will hear stories of those who have come to faith, uh, and also some people who said, "I'm now working as an evangelist in my city uh, because that's I was reached through these events as well." Uh, so certainly that's right, and, and again, follow up is a, is a crucial thing. I think one of the mistakes has always been that you run these events and then you then you think that you've you've done everything. But follow up and using things like the like the UK movement that the, uh, UCCF have used uh, have published with Uncover, for example, has proved very helpful around the region in different languages. Because I think a lot of folks, even folks who maybe struggle to attend a meeting, will sit down with somebody they trust and and ask questions and say go through a gospel together. The pandemic, of course, has possibly changed how we do things as well. Yeah, I was going to talk about that. How did it change your ministry and the pioneering yeah. ministry? Pioneering ministry has been a little more difficult because of the pandemic. But if I if I start with something like foyer and events weeks and mission weeks, uh, some movements have just been able to be really creative online. Uh, you lose something online, there's no doubt about that, but you also reach maybe a different group of people, people who wouldn't step in to a meeting who will, will, will tune in online and feel a little bit more comfortable and feel free to send in their questions. So I think we're going to be hearing stories in the next couple of years of folks who have come to faith because of our online 
ministry, and I think it's led us to realise that this needs to be hybrid. That if we are putting on an events week, we need to look at an online live stream um, option. Uh, I don't think it will ever replace. I think we're incarnational people. Um, you know, we're not made to be disembodied faces on Zoom. So I think that the real physical meeting is is important, and people are hungering for that. Uh, but I think it, it, it will complement. It needs to be complemented and supplemented by online ministry. So with the evangelism and events week, I mean, one story I heard from a movement where they have nearly always got outside speakers from other countries. Um, I, I won't say where it is just because there are some sensitivities, but uh, they'd always got outside speakers. But because of the pandemic, they weren't able and they'd planned all these mission events. And so they had to get national, they had to train up national speakers much more quickly than they had anticipated. Uh and um, as a result, they now have folks from within their own movement who are experienced in giving these talks and, and reaching, which has been wonderful. Um, with the pioneering, it's been interesting because some of our, some of our ground-level pioneering places like Cyprus or Greenland or Luxembourg have perhaps been less affected in that they were starting from uh, a small base. Some of them are, were already using online. For example, in Cyprus, they would have used online stuff to communicate the different parts of the country. Um, uh, Greenland were just getting started and making connections, and also the pandemic didn't have as big an effect there. So they were they're able to carry on working as they were doing. Um, it it actually probably affected more some of our re-pioneering areas, that, need, that places that needed to restart that had gone through a period of transition or decline, and we really needed to get them started again. And, and there's a couple of places that have been a little bit dormant. Uh, and what we're really looking forward to as we emerge out of this pandemic is getting them relaunched and restarted. Um, but I think those countries that had the facilities to be creative were able to keep going. And the, the very fact that they were offering something was a great help to students because some of them were saying, listen, you're the only group on campus that's offering anything. And uh, I want to I, I wanna hear more about this. Wow, that's awesome. And um, yeah, what are your plans for next year? Well, uh, personally, I'd like to get to see some of my pioneers. Uh, I hope before Christmas to have visited a couple of them. It's been hard. Um in one of our places, uh, there's just been a transition of leadership in Estonia, for example. We have a wonderful new general secretary there who's actually from Finland. And that's another example of how a nearby country can have a vision for a country where the, where the ministry is not as strong. So this uh, general secretary, uh, who is actually Finnish, is starting to relaunch some of the groups in Estonia and my role will be to go and try and perhaps talk to church leaders to get them a vision to support her as she does this, to, to get a board working again and functioning again. Um, uh, again, there's going to be transitions in Cyprus in the governance uh, in terms of the board there. So getting them up to affiliation uh, with IFES, that, that would be really good in the next couple of years. Um, uh, Slovakia. Um, Slovakia have actually, uh, there's been a, a little bit of a benefit there because they were losing staff workers, they were moving on. But because of the pandemic, everything went online. So they were able to keep in touch with the universities that no longer had a staff worker. 
Um, they were thinking, how will we keep those groups moving if there is no staff worker there? We need them to be placed very, very quickly. And then in with the pandemic, they suddenly realized, well, they can join in with what we're doing. Uh, and now they're looking at how they can resource that more in, in the longer term. And they're talking also about uh, a partnership with other uh, movements that can maybe send people and, and personnel. And, and that's probably another thing I would just maybe talk about, which is, you know, what people can do to, to help us. Uh, we run a program called Interaction. Uh, and Interaction is basically the opportunity to serve for one or two years. And in some cases, people have gone on to do longer uh, when they've realized this is what the God's calling them to. So the opportunity to, to spend one or two years in another IFES movement within the region. Um, and you will, you know, you'll learn about the culture and the context and you will learn how to do student ministry in a different way, perhaps. Uh, and very often in pioneering situations, that is absolutely vital. Uh, that maybe there's only one or two staff in the country and if a short-term volunteer came for a couple of years who was well-trained and discipled and raring to help and go, and to, and to uh, you know, to, to work for, for God in, in that area, they can be an immense help. Uh, so our interaction program, you know, will, will uh, point them into some areas of need, what countries might be looking for somewhere. We will train them cross-cultural communication, sensitivity. There is a network of people doing that. So every year we have two conferences, uh, at least one of which we hope would be in person. Uh, and they get to meet a whole network of people who are serving cross-culturally and understand their context. So I would really push that as one way in which anyone listening to this podcast could serve. Uh, if they're a student leader or if they are a staff, they know student leaders who might be looking, what's God calling me to? Is it ministry? I'm not sure. Well, how about taking a year with interaction and serving in one of our movements uh, throughout the region? Yeah, I think, yeah, it's a very great opportunity, even more for people that feel like they want to move in another country mm. and they want to see how it works mm. in other countries. Mm. It's very eye-opening because every country in Europe are very, very different. Very different. Yeah. Very different. And I think that's what we always, it's funny, we always say that every time to our interaction volunteers, don't expect this to be the same. Yeah. Uh, but until you're there, you don't realize how true that is. And yet, I mean, every year that I've been involved uh, in, 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 in interaction, we have had f at least some folks stay for a second or a third year because they've got, the, listen, it takes me a couple of years to really get this and I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying it and I feel that God's using me here. Yeah, that's awesome. I've met some people that are doing interaction and they're awesome people. Um, yeah. Well, we get to interview some of them sometime. Yeah, <laughs> I would love to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cool. So, so can you tell me how we can support you and how Excellent. we can pray for yeah. you? Uh, exactly. Well, I would say support. I'll start with what I've just said. If you know of anyone who can help and serve in another European country, we'd love to hear from them. Uh, just uh, look uh, look on the, the website and um, search for interaction and, and see where we need you. Uh, and also pray, uh, pray for our pioneers. Um, the work in Greenland uh, is, is exciting, it's different, but there are great needs there. There's one university uh, and also there are a number of high schools and uh, the ministry also looks after some high school ministry. So 
uh, Sarah, uh, who is our, our worker there, uh, would really value your prayers uh, and uh, uh, to keep that going, because it will take some years to really get that established. Similarly, Gunellen in Luxembourg has been there for a number of years and would really would really appreciate some extra help. Uh, so if you uh, have speak French, uh, you can uh, think of serving and helping there. Uh, and we have uh, Alice in Cyprus and Christian in Northern Cyprus, um, and they would value your prayers. Uh, just pray for them by name. And also that we'll be thinking of ways in which we can start or restart the work in Malta and in Kosovo. Uh, so do pray that there'll be openings there uh, for us to serve what, and, and you know, whatever God's doing in those countries. Uh, we need to talk to the neighboring countries, need to think up what's the best way to do this, but it would be great if we could. Uh, and personally, just for my wife and I, Gwen, um, uh, she would help with some of the other re-pioneering places like uh, North Macedonia we have visited together, uh, especially if it's a female general secretary. It's really helpful to have my wife with me. She can. She says she listens better than I do, so <laughs> so she's a wonderful asset to, to do that. And sometimes it's much easier. I think folks open up if there's a couple coming rather than, you know, some guy from IFES is coming to see me. It's much more personable if it's, mm. a, if it's a couple. And just sharing life together. Um, and I think encur encouraging them. Similarly, uh, uh, Kiersey in Estonia would really value your prayers at the moment. So there are people in different parts of the, the, uh, the region who I, I think really value the prayers and support of the wider uh, family. And again, that we emerge out of this pandemic stronger. Uh, and I think there's an awful lot of encouragement needed. I, I think one of my ministries over the next couple of years will have to be one of encouragement uh, as people can get discouraged so much. I mean, I think it's Lindsay Brown who said that to be a student worker, generally you need to have an endless capacity for disappointment uh, because you will have such great hopes of people and it might, they might let you down. But God is so much bigger than all of that. And I think coming out of the pandemic, that capacity for disappointment is even greater. But we need to realize that nothing surprises God and uh, he hasn't been surprised by this pandemic and he's calling us to be faithful uh, in these days. And he, he has promised by his spirit that he will continue to work in and through us. Amen. Yeah, that's very true. Well, thank you so much for, um, for coming that's and okay. for this interview. It was great. And I hope you're encouraged. Um, and you can find all the links in the description if you want to know a bit more about FIRE or Interaction um, or IFES Europe mm -hmm. Ministry. Um, so see you next time. And thank you again, Monty. Thank you. Thank you, Mila. Thanks for listening to Voices of IFIS. Follow us on your favorite podcast platform to hear more interviews like this one today. If you want to hear stories of how students are transforming their campuses around the world, subscribe to Prayerline, our weekly newsletter with inspiring stories to help you pray for student movement. You can go to ifisworld.org to subscribe or follow us on Instagram and Facebook to listen to stories in audio form.